ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to the first postseason episode of 2022. We are Beerfield. I am Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper, joined by Beerfuel Thurry, Dan Thurry, Beerfueled on Twitter, Beerfield Podcast on YouTube, Beerfield Cup Podcast, colon, sports, booze, and BS, wherever you get your podcast from. For those that don't know, maybe only tuning in season, still hanging around, whatever. Um, last year, we decided we were going to do a little more than just football. Though there's still plenty of football content. Uh, that's not what this episode is, but that is what some of these upcoming episodes throughout the offseason are going to be. So stay tuned. We'll be rolling through a lot of guests, hitting a lot of cool stuff. So going to be some good conversation. You're normally for good conversation, though. I have to let my co-host talk. Dan? <laughs> I mean, you're doing such an eloquent job. Like, I didn't screw it up this stop. time. It's the first time I haven't screwed it up. And I feel like when you stop and you get to, you get to episode one, Nick, and and you get the, you know, get the sultry, NPR, you know, voice to it, and you start to really feel yourself. You just gotta just slow just it roll down and get into rhythm. And I'm cool, man. I'm just cool. gotta slow it down a little bit sometimes. Sometimes you gotta slow it down. All always. Good talk. All right. So <laughs> today's episode, uh, we got beer. Or I got, beer. got beer. I don't know what you got. I got beer. I got beer. Okay. We got beer. I got a pickle beer. I have, we'll get there. And I think I know what pickle beer you have though, because I was told I needed to buy some of that. I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Um, or I was asked if I liked it. If I liked pickle sours. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, maybe you've had this. Yeah, I probably haven't had it, but I don't like pickles. Is the oh not a fan of pickles? Not a fan of pickles or cucumbers. I'm not a fan of that in any way. (laughs) Um. Anyway, what I am a fan of though is Black Monday. So we're gonna go through and give you some Black Monday predictions. We're gonna run through coaching staffs, let you know hot topic anyway. Who's getting fired? Who's staying? So we're gonna give you our predictions on who's getting fired, who's staying, where there's likely to be staff changes, potentially GM changes. Etc. Etc. Or we'll give you the full rundown there. You know, if there's a guy we like for a particular job, we might mention it, or a coordinator we like to go somewhere, we might mention it. But you know, those predictions happen later. Right now, we're just going to try to predict who's no longer going to be with us on Monday as they are fired into the sun. And then we're going to go over some playoff scenarios. So we actually get to be NFL fans this week. So we're going to talk about some of the playoff scenarios, get that picture painted out for you. Who we like, who we don't like, et cetera, et cetera. Next week, um, we'll have a full Black Monday rundown, look at doing our end of season awards, the Fuelies that we do every year. Um, oh, yeah. And then Love we'll it. roll into the full-blown you know, off-season content, start rolling some guests in, get into more Dynasty-type stuff. All that fun shit. Before we continue with today's episode, though, we are brought to you by... Well, we're brought to you by alcohol. What's fueling beer fueled? See, that's where an ad read would go. If we had sponsors, or <laughs> if we actually made enough money. listeners, or anything. Yes. Yeah. All right. Can I guess? I'm drinking. Are you drinking Distills Pickle Beer? I am drinking Distills Pickle Beer. Uh, I was able to pick this up. We did a soft, a soft release of it at the brewery. Um, I don't know if this is the final 
recipe for it, it will go to. I want to say it. I know it'll be Illinois release. I'm pretty sure it'll be national release too. Um, sometime in the spring is what we're kind of uh, gunning for. But this is our pickle sour. Um, I've had it. At, I had it at the brewery. It's very, very good. It's very, very tart. Um, obviously pickles. You know, you know, Brian will do that to you. So if you haven't had these before and 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 you like pickles, I will say try them. Um, they're fun. I don't like pickles. Whatever. All right, I'm drinking New Glarus. Um, I got some New Glarus out of uh, New Glarus, Wisconsin. This is their Mocha Berry Bach. So uh, really my first non-spotted cow beer from New Glarus. So uh, my buddy, Morgan, brought these back for me. Uh, we actually traded some narrow gauge for some New Glarus. So um, got a couple different varieties. This there you is go. the one I was most excited about when I got it, though, because I love Bach. And... Uh, I like mocha and I like berries and a mocha berry bock just sounds like if you like those three things, you'll probably like the beer. I like two of those three things. Which one don't you like? Box. I don't like box. You don't like box? I'm not I'm not a fan. And maybe I need to again, I need to probably try more. Shiner Bach probably isn't the uh isn't the go to. No, it's not. Uh I, I don't like it. Um I've had I've forgot other ones, but I like I should probably get into more trying uh the actual German styles, more so, you know, from the actual German breweries, not, you know, American born doing them. So you should. I, I would agree with that because I think that you tend to like some maltier beers, and a Bach is normally a maltier, breadier beer. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot more toasty. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, what malt? It's not. It's not called malt. Is it generally? It's malt. It's, I mean, it's oh yeah, but it, I mean, like, uh, which malt do they use? Is it Munich? It's not Munich, lot, is it? Munich, Kara Munich, Vienna. There's a couple of them. Okay, they, okay. They get I probably would. Then I probably just got to give it another whirl. Yeah, Victory Biscuit. There's a few. Yeah, Victory would definitely be one. I can see used heavily in, in box. Super bready, biscuity. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, not a lot to get into in news other than injury news. We're just gonna skip over most of that. Uh, we don't need to beat the Antonio Brown dead horse to death. So nope. Everybody knows what happened there. Let's get into some of his Black Monday stuff. So a couple of these are going to be easy. We're going to go team by team in alphabetical order because that's how this list is. And just kind of kind of go head coach. And then from there, we'll, uh, you know, decide. All right, we'll we'll break down that team's performance. And if, you know, we think that the entire staff is safe, if they're set for changes, anywhere how we think that's going to be first in alphabetical order is the arizona cardinals i don't really see them making changes anywhere vance the joseph's defense has uh performed quite well the offense has been firing cliff is in the playoffs they're they're not making changes no i doubt it no no i don't know how much time is left on cliff's contract um i wouldn't be shocked though for talking about them within a year or two um Great, you know, back to back great starts, uh, you know, to this season and last year. Last year, obviously, you know, got flamed out. Kyler got hurt midseason, um, and didn't miss in the playoffs. Then this year, you know, hottest team to start the year and then kind of have flamed out since the embarrassing loss to Detroit really sticks out, too. So, Cliff has two years left. He signed a four year deal and okay. before the 2019 season. 
and there's been very small rumors of potentially him going back to college. I don't know how much of that is to be true when some of these uh, vacancies opens up at some of these bigger schools. So not, I agree. He's not going to get fired by any means, but just no. something to, something to look out for here. It's a name you've heard kicked around more for changes more than you would normally. But I think if he leaves, it's either going to be on his own accord or the bottom's going to have to fall out of this team. They've done nothing to change. Vance Joseph is not in danger of of anything either. I don't think he's on the cusp of another head coaching job. I think he stays right where he is. Yeah, yeah. All right, Atlanta Fal- Falcons. Uh, Arthur Smith, first-year head coach, I believe, brought over from the Titans. Um, and then offensive coordinator Dave Ragone, defensive coordinator Dean Pease. Uh The Falcons are a team that I think is relatively going to stand. They're not going to fire Smith after one year. Not after being in the playoff race a lot longer than people thought he was. No. and a lot, That alone himself will buy him at least another year. And a lot of that is credit Dean Pease because it was the defense that did it. Lost Ridley, um, rookie tight end. I mean, this is an offense that is retooling and a defense that is in the process of building. Um, I don't see the Falcons making any major changes here either. I think they just, you know, they're a year or two off of growing into what they are. Um, the biggest change may be on the football field with, you know, quarterbacks and retooling of the actual roster. Yeah. We'll get into that probably closer to when the playoffs wrap up. Yep. Baltimore Ravens. Wink Martindale, Greg Roman, John Harbaugh. Well, we know Harbaugh won't. No, the fact, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. The fact that this team, I think they're still in the playoff rate. I think they are. They are. They need a lot to go right, but they're not eliminated. Yeah, it's absolutely remarkable what he's been able to do with that team. And just as the sets he gets from not only a second string, but even third string quarterback at times, it's remarkable defense. On the other hand, I mean, it's tough, right? The whole team's been hurt this year. They're the whole signing guys to play the secondary off the street. Yeah, they're basically I, I all these coaches, all the you know coaches and assistants are likely going to get passes. Maybe some of the smaller ones, but may yeah. not. You know, may move on, but the big guys are going to likely stay. I agree. Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, Brian Dabble, Leslie Frazier. The only change here, I think, is if Dabble gets a look as for some uh, head coaching opportunities. He absolutely should. What he's been able to do with Josh Allen has been beyond. It's remarkable. Obviously. You know, hotly debated on this show back in 2018 about Josh Allen as a prospect. Um, we all knew his ceiling was sky high, though. If, if he can hold in just based on size, athleticism, and arm talent, and Dabo has basically extracted all that. And you know, Josh yeah. Allen should be a MVP front runner. Should be. I think. I think that's the only reason anything changes there. All right, Carolina Panthers. This will be a little bit more discussion based with uh, Matt Rule, Jeff Nixon, Phil Snow. Obviously, um, you know failures to to find a competent quarterback there. PJ Walker wasn't it. Trying to resurrect Cam Newton wasn't it. Sam Darnold came in, got hurt, showed flashes early on like he was going to have a resurgence, and then didn't. They lost McCaffrey again. Uh, defense, I think, took a step back this year. So played all right start the year, but that might be contributed to a bit of the soft schedule they had to go with. Yeah, I don't think 
Matt Rule gets fired, I think that you might see some coordinator changes here on both sides of the ball. Depends how much of the blame he gets. I mean, the rotating of the quarterbacks in game, no less. You know, they bring back Cam Newton after, you know, Darnold hurt, struggled hurt. You know, PJ Walker was absolute dog shit when he played. And but you always saw the rotating between Walker and Cam, then Cam and Darnold and and, and the the botching of the Sam Darnold trade and having to pay out his fifth year contract on top of because they already picked up his fifth year on top of paying a second might might get him. I mean that's more of the GM, but mm-hmm. I think the handling of it at the situation from a coaching level might get Matt Rule uh, canned after year two. Yeah, I think he's a guy that they're gonna give another year or two. I think that you're looking at probably the OC being the fall guy here, Jeff Nixon. Um, yeah. DC, they may make changes. It's to some I mean, they already fired Joe team. Brady. They did he fire lasted, Joe Brady. So. He lasted, what, half the year and he's gone? Right. So Nixon's kind of more wearing a, an interim tag anyway. So you're going to see a yeah. new, new OC here. Um, I don't know that you'll see the coaching shakeup. I think it's a situation where rules seat just starts out hot next season. Yep. Yep. All right, it's been widely reported. The Bears are expected to fire Matt Nagy after week 18. It's not really a firing. It's more of a, we're not bringing you back. But It's more of a gentle nudge to get the fuck out of here. He's gone. There's no question (laughs) about that. He's gone. He can take Bill Lazor with him. Uh, Sean Desai, I think, has done a damn good job, though. And I think he might be retained across regimes. Is that the the secondary? It's the defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah, he's... Just if anyone has any, you know, no pause about him, just go back and watch the Vikings game in Chicago and see what he's able to get out of, you know, practice squad and backup secondary pieces to get he's been you know, with to be as successful as they were. Yep. And Ryan Pace did not put him in a position to succeed. They let Kyle Fuller go. Um, they've had a rotating cast of safeties back there next to Eddie Jackson. Khalil Mack has been been hurt generally speaking he's got an aging defense he got a career resurgence out of robert quinn the size did a good job i think he stays laser and Nagy, they're gone and ryan pace is the real question mark here um i don't like the idea of letting pace hire the next head coach and then you know walking next season because he'd be a lame duck yeah he needs to go too but i also felt like they both needed to go last year so that you could reset with a quarterback, GM, and head coach all at the same time. The Bears have proven to be inept. Bad teams stay bad, so it's probably just Nagy. I mean, when you bring in a new coaching staff, especially if if the GM comes in, that's that might be a sign that they clean house. You know, head coach. You know, you know, OC, DC, a lot of positional pieces. Regardless of what you know, what the DC's done this year. That that might be what that that may happen. Chicago may hit the the complete you know the owners may want to hit the complete reset button, um, and you know and flesh out you know pace all the way down through, you know the positional pieces or not pieces coaches. So I think that's something that's something to look out for. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised just how much it's been publicly known that you know Matt Nagy's been gone you know, is going to be gone at the end of this year. 
I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Yeah. All right, Bengals, they're not making any changes. I don't, I, I say that's pretty safe. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm interested to really know how good Zach Taylor actually is. It's the this kind of, it kind of feels like Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers a little bit, right? Where you know lead offense led by a tremendous amount of playmakers, maybe may propped up the head coach to be better than what he actually is. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, last season, other than Chase, you had the same offense, and I think that the team. Is, as a whole, just took a step forward. When the team takes a step forward on on both sides of the ball, don't get me wrong, the defense isn't great, but they haven't invested a lot of draft capital in that defense. Either. Yeah, yeah. Um, when both sides of the ball take a step forward, you gotta kind of nod at the head coach there, and I think that they yeah. did. So, yeah, no, I mean it's more so you know from from some of the talking as I've seen on Twitter that have a lot more information on this and what I do. So. Do you think that Brian Callahan comes up in head coaching conversations given that Bengals offense, or do you still think he needs another year of sustained success before that gets to He probably needs another year like to see what this offense molds into. There's so much excitement mm-hmm. that, I mean, he, he could easily get phone calls yeah. on it. But I mean, look how long it's, it's taken, you know, Chiefs OC. Benemy hasn't. The enemy. I mean, he's yeah. been, he's, he's, I think he's, he, he's been, He's been interviewed for it, but mm-hmm. and he's done a tremendous job over there in Kansas City too. Sure. Um, Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, defensive coordinator Joe Woods. Uh, DC State. I w- I want Stefanski gone. He's such a fucking fraud. I think the botching of the Baker situation. I mean, you could definitely, you know, blame Baker's pride on this. It's easy enough to see, but Stefanski's just—I think he was, he was overrated in Minnesota. He, he's been overrated. He, he had a great roster last year, and they barely made the playoffs. I mean, granted, he got that win. That's great. I think Stefanski's overrated. I—I I, do I don't think he will. So yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was about to ask. I'm you, sorry. You want to see him he, gone, but do you think he will be? No. Okay. I think that team's gonna make. A lot of I think I think you're going to see Cleveland uh, being very active in the in the early off season because they got to pay Baker uh, potentially. Yep. And I think I I think I think they're going to end up trading him. I do. I, I think, think I think Baker's gone. I, I, Baker's not happy there because he didn't get his extension this off season. Um, yeah, but what's Baker's value on the on the open market right now without sustained success and what's his trade value? And I think that might be what gets in the way. Although free agent right so and you're gonna lose them next year right like if they don't then they're stuck i mean i wouldn't be shocked if there's a couple teams out there that would you know push the button on on even a late first first. i don't want to go anywhere yet I want to get healthy from that shoulder injury because he was put in a position to look. I'm a firm believer that a lot of Baker's struggles were because of that shoulder. I know it was his non. Oh, it shoulder, was. It definitely was. Yeah. The problems that you have opening up, trying to you know throw without the use of that other other shoulder. I mean, just go try to do it once or twice. Um, yeah, I, I I think if there is a fall guy here, it's probably the offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. I think if there's somebody on the coaching staff that does have to fall on their sword for this one. Oh uh, yeah. That's I definitely agree. Been but, the problem. Yeah. Um it, 
Shouldn't be, but it will be. <laughs> yeah. So he'll probably be the guy that falls on his sword. Stefanski's a lot like Rule, where I think that he's not fired, but starts the season on a on a hot seat. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Baker over the summer. Um, we can debate that later, though. Yeah. No, of course. We all year, all off season yeah. talk. All off season, and we will debate these quarterbacks, these fringe guys. Uh, some of these definitely value guys. We'll put together a list and just we'll get somebody on. And we'll just debate the shit out of it. Yep. All right, John Hogue. <laughs> get, Hogue has get some boy Hogue on. Takes. It'd be pretty good. It'd be fun. Production meeting. Could get Hogue on. Could get Shane on. Yeah. Um, just some guys that have a little bit different perspective than we do. Make it real fun. All oh, right. Of course. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think the only thing anything reason anything changes here is that both coordinators are going to get looks as, as head coaches. <laughs> I think Kellen Moore. I think Dallas does whatever they can to block any to block him from being interviewed. Um, I'll I, I don't know if if uh, I I cannot remember names now. I don't know if the DC will go. Dan Quinn's already getting. Rumored Quinn, that's right. Yeah, Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn's already getting head coaching interviews. He's already rumored to the Bears and uh, that's fair. The Jaguars, he got a lot so. out of Dallas this year. Yeah, he did. I, I think it was more so because they're extremely opportunistic. They gave up a lot of yards. Oh, so and he got Micah Parsons. I mean, they did give up yeah, a lot of true. yards. And you know, the thing with Dan Quinn and the reason that I'm surprised he's getting looks again this quick is he's not that far removed from that disaster that was Atlanta and the wheels totally falling off of that defense when his calling card is defense. So, you know, if he's getting looks, I don't know why a guy like Vance Joseph, for example, or Leslie Frazier, some of these, you know, previous head coaches wouldn't also be getting looks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. No, but I he agree. Is, and he's getting rumored places, but I only see changes there. If, if those two get plucked, and it'll be, it won't be firings. They'll be it's, you know, get, promotions to other teams. Jobs. Yeah. The Denver Broncos. Oof. This one's tough. So, I think it's most likely that Shermer goes, Fangio and Donatel stay. I think that's the most likely scenario. I'm on the fence about whether Fangio should be fired or not. I kind of think he should and go back to being a DC, but because his calling card is defense and the defense has been decent there in Denver, you know, I don't know that it happens, but the thing is, is the head coach is responsible for the whole team, not just what their background's in. So I'm really on the fence about Fangio. I think Denver probably retains them and Shermer's absolutely gone. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way either, because I mean, you're a head coach that's really struggled on offense and to get anything out of this loaded roster from that side of it. And that squ- falls squarely on you. I mean, it might depend on uh, uh, just how aggressive they're going to be in the QB market in this off season. I mean, Van Joe's had, Three straight seasons, you know, his three seasons there without, you know, without a winning record. I think, I think most coaches at that point, regardless of what the roster looks like, would be gone. Well, and the roster um, looks awesome. So the fact that you can't win, your quarterback's not been good. But when you had a roster with Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, uh, Javonta Williams, you're too deep at every position there, at least. And then what they've had on defense. 
I mean, look, if you can't get anything out of that offense, ah, you know? Yeah. And and just And that's sure again, just like with like just like with Darnold, or just like with the Panthers with Darnold, I mean, yes, it was a six round pick for Teddy. But the passing on both, you know, Fields and Mac Jones to go along with that could also put the GM in that hot seat. Yeah. You know, and, and John Elway is now the president. I don't know. I don't remember who the GM is there now. Yeah. So uh, they kind of already changed that a little George, bit. Yeah, George Patton, ex, so they, ex-Viking. So they kind of already changed that a little bit, right? With putting, yeah. with taking Elway out of that spot who struggled to get a franchise quarterback in there. No shots at, it drew Locke there because I think Locke has honestly look, uh, looked okay the last couple weeks. I mean, he's definitely pushing the ball downfield and gives you a different dynamic that Teddy didn't give you. And he's not played mistake-free football, but it's not been atrocious. So, you know, it's there's going to be changes there. I want them to blow it up. It's probably just Shermer. But the thing, the reason that I think that they ultimately will have to blow it up, even if they let Shermer go and bring somebody in, Fangio is an old school football coach. We're going to play defense and run the football. I'm going to coach old school, and that's not the way that modern offenses win. That's not the. Way I think he's gone win. because of that. Yeah, I think I, they're going to be the ones out there trying to court Rodgers, which I'm starting to believe he won't actually leave Green Bay now. Um, I think they're going to try to court you know Russell Wilson and potentially Deshaun Watson away. Mm-hmm. You can't have you. It's not they can't handpick the. The head coach sound like basketball, but there's going to be, you may see more of an offensive minded switch to it and try to unlock and, or even become more enticing as a destination. Cause obviously both Watson and Wilson have, have no trade clauses. So you want to make yourself look more presentable. Yeah, you do. So that's what I'm interested to see. Um, I hope he goes, I don't think he will. So right now, just to recap, we're pretty sure certain most are staying. The guy we know, we're confident that Nagy's going to go. The guys yeah. are on the fence about are Matt Rule, Kevin Stefanski, Vic Fangio. And then there's a couple offensive coordinators we think will fall. All right, keeping it moving. Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, offensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator. That whole staff is back. Dan Campbell, for the roster he got, the Lions were in every game despite the winning record, and he established a culture. He, what Joe Judge went on a 12-minute rant saying he tried to do or wanted to do or had there in New York, Dan Campbell actually has cultivated that in Detroit. Dan Campbell is who Joe Judge wants to be. Yeah. Is who we all thought Joe Judge was going to be. It is. Excuse me. It really is. And <laughs> I think players are going to see that. I think that's going to make Detroit an attractive free agent destination. Yeah, because I think they're going to want to play for that and they're going to get another year or two to to try to show that they can do something there at least. And they also have I think I saw they have they have six day two picks over the next two years. And you can do a lot with day two picks, including two first round picks and in, in this year's draft and next year's this team, Detroit being built the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can make the arguments about whether or not they should have taken, you know, Fields or Mac Jones at pick seven, they still get one of the best laugh tackles that has, you know, that has since come out of college. Um, we see more teams doing that too, building inside out like that. They're not starting with the quarterback; they're building yeah, the trenches first, and then coming coming to skill positions. 
it takes it takes a lot of pressure off of your uh like even when you bring in these free agent you know quarterbacks yes they're they're very much comfortable within the league but they're still new to the systems that are being you know, taught to them so they're they're on they're not on a full you know playing ground but it's pretty even and i mean that's what there was i mean if Goff plays well again next year that may be that's going to give them decisions but i think detroit's going to go detroit detroit may still skip again this year too with with 23 is supposed to be a, a far more um enticing and exciting qb class as this one is not so much top heavy but really just more a uh, depth piece well you, and- detroit may Maybe going on the defensive side of the ball, you might see yeah. them just continue just to build the roster as a whole. Say, go on the defensive guy to the to side of the ball. Maybe get another, you know, further down wide receiver with a different skill set than what Amon Ross St. Brown has, because he's, you know, proven what his role can be in the intermediate range and yeah, is a hyper reliable volume type guy. So maybe get somebody that can stretch the field a bit more. Um, we'll have ideas on who that is. <laughs> as we get more into rookies. There's a lot. There's uh, this is a pretty good wide receiver class. So there are definitely things that they can do. Um, again, more on roster breakdowns as we go. Detroit Lions staff safe. Green Bay Packers staff, uh, again, only change here will be if Nathaniel Hackett gets picked up for a head coaching job. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's easy. They're all staying. LaFleur's a coach of the year candidate. Joe Barry's defense started out ugly. They've improved as the year went on. So, yeah, very good defense. Houston Texans. I mean, they're kind of like Detroit, except not quite still doing it right. But you know, maybe they I got this they got something out of Davis Mills, man. They did. I hate this organization. David Coley was like the seventh option that they had because nobody wanted to coach for them, and I think that. He's done a decent job with that team, getting the most out of that roster, getting that team to play. Yeah. Uh, old friend Lovey Smith on the defensive side of the ball there. I think that that defense has played better than a lot of people expected. And Tim Kelly on the offensive side, I think, has gotten enough out of what little he has to where they're going to get a pass. And we'll see what the Texans do to rebuild this roster. I mean, they're still suffering from some Bill O'Brien bad trades, not having draft capital. You know, Coley is brought in basically to be the fall guy in a couple of years when they're still not good. Bill yeah. O'Brien put him in that position. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, it's all going to hinge on Watson's situation with what they can regain back through draft picks, mm-hmm. um, and cool. just what this team's going to look like as a as more as more expectations are put on them. The yeah. same thing with Detroit, as the expectations continue to rise. Are they going to be able to, you know, to meet those? Yep. Colts, Frank Reich is safe. Um, offensive coordinator Marcus Brady, probably safe. Matt Abrufalus, probably safe. Kind of a mediocre season for them, but they're in playoff I mean, they're, contention. They're probably going to the playoffs. <laughs> so they'll they'll be fine. Jacksonville, Daryl Bevel, Joe Cullen, that's probably getting blown up. Bevel will land someplace else. I think... He's, yeah. a, he's a decent enough on, and young enough offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the head coaching gig there. I think that whole thing's getting wiped out. No, I, I keep seeing uh, Byron Leftwich. Obviously, we've seen Dan Quinn. I want to see Kellen Moore. I, I would love to see Leftwich make a return back there. Um, they they got to get someone offensive. Like, there's no fucking way that they go defensive and not, you know, 
the Urban Meyer level of flashy. They yeah. got to get. They got to get something to keep you know building the confidence of of Lawrence after his truly lost season. I I agree. I I agree that they do. Um, and you know, for guys like that, you're looking at Nathaniel Hackett. He's been working with Aaron Rodgers. You're looking at you know Kellen Moore potentially being able to come in there. Byron Leftwich, uh, especially more in Leftwich, former uh, former quarterbacks in the league. Those are, are guys that could come in and really make an impact on on Lawrence, but also Brian Dable after what he was able to do with Josh Allen. Some names that, that I would be. I would there. be so happy to see that if he gets that shot. Oh my god! Yep. I mean, I, I know most people want to see. Most people expect to bounce back from Lawrence, and we'll get more into that when we, you know, when we do the rookie year breakdowns. But it's that would that would also be a, a nice match made in heaven. Kansas City Chiefs. The only change here will be Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he hopefully he get some. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he'll get some more head coaching looks. Los Angeles Chargers. Staley's been fine. Lombardi might get some head coaching looks. I don't see anybody getting fired there though no and they're gonna more than likely make the playoffs yeah i see them they'll be they'll be vegas and get themselves in yep all right so through the middle there a little bit um you know the only people that we're looking at getting fired through that middle group is probably daryl bevel and joe colin and the jaguar staff um, a lot more people in that run that we think are, are pretty much locks to stay with dan campbell matt lafleur david coley Frank Reich, Andy Reid, Brandon Staley. So, uh, onto the Rams: Raheem Morris, Kevin O'Connell, and Sean McVay. Um, so McVay's obviously not in danger. O'Connell not in danger. Um, Raheem Morris is an interesting one to me though, because I feel like the Rams' defense, the pieces they have, is really underperformed. Yeah. You know, there's been some COVID scares a little bit to it. They're also a little um, older, too, with some of the pieces they got. I mean, but I, I they've been okay. But, you know, when you look at what they have on paper, I feel like that's a defense that should have been better, and they might be able to justify a change there. It's kind of like the defensive coordinator version of what, um, you know, I think Stefanski might be as a, as a head coach where, it was fine, can be fine, ugly some really just underperforming though. Yeah, I mean, look at the positional finishes; they're bottom half in pretty much every. I mean, in most categories, from yeah. the defensive side. Besides, you know, the passing yards are ranked about twentieth. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, given the talent of which they had, you know, when you have Ramsey, when you have Darnold, I mean. That alone, Aaron Donald. Sorry, Donald. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. There. And then with the trading for um, Von Miller, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. He may, he'll, he'll probably get another shot just to kind of keep cohesion and in, into next year. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, just one of those interesting things I wanted to yeah. throw out there that you know, not all is well there because there was yep. some underperformance. Raiders, that's a squad that I think is getting blown up. You saw Gruden fired. I don't think that uh, Rich Biascia has done enough to hold on to that. Greg Olson and that offense have floundered down the stretch. Gus Bradley is really the only one that's gotten the most out of his group, and he'll probably be let go with the rest of the staff. Yeah, this one, I agree with you. This will be 
again, fully blown up. Um, no, maybe to a point where maybe Derek Carr is gone. Um, yeah, this is a new look Raiders, pretty much a team, <laughs> a coaching staff, and some key pieces on the actual team. So, all right, Miami Dolphins. This is a team that we yeah. looked at them last year and felt that they were almost a better version of what I would say the Lions and the Texans were this year as far as getting more out of their roster than they should have been able to. Yeah. They didn't repeat that performance this year. Obviously, first team in history to go to lose seven in a row and win seven in a row. They got better, um, but they won seven in a row. The fact that they won seven in a row... Nobody and to, to help to help end a year is what's going to be more looked at, and yeah. I think I think Brian Flores will obviously get another shot at this. Flores, is, Flores, I'm sure gets another shot. It's more so coordinators that that I'm looking at, particularly the lack of development from Tua and the offensive guys in Studesville and. Godzi. I mean, I think Tua. I mean, Tua from a statistical standpoint has been whatever, but I think during this run, they there's been a lot of strides and improvement from Tua during that that seven game streak also, the also, fact that there's still a lot of pieces i think they still need to also the clusterfuck of a run game i i wouldn't be surprised to me if that two-headed thing of george godsey and eric studesville sees a little <laughs> bit of a makeover i think something changes in that offensive room there's there's also need a, a complete overall of the receiving core you know sans you know waddle like i don't even think it's safe even though he, he will be i don't think even he, he's safe Waddle well, is probably the only piece that, that that feels like a long-term answer there. So Running back room needs a total overhaul as well. We saw Parker have a mini breakout, then totally regressed. Fuller was hurt for most of it. So there's definitely, I agree, there's personnel issues there. But yep, yep. I'm just saying that like... No, 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 I get you. Planting my hat on that one. Yep. Vikings. <laughs> Uh, Zimmer's gone. There's there's already been rumors that he'll be gone at the end of the season. Um, there's been a lot of people calling for Spielman's head. <clears throat> I think they're like he's made some he's made some questionable choices. You can you can get at him for the cousin's second contract. The first one it was absolutely the right call. Um, extending Zimmer, I think was. That obviously wasn't his call, but I think that was, or it's part of his call. I think that was probably the Ron one, the same way extending Cousins was. Um, this team's window is at least a year removed. And while COVID and injuries have completely destroyed the defense, which again is Zimmer's calling card, um, the lack of being able to adjust it to get more from your youth, especially your secondary pieces. It's, it's which was definitely Zimmer's calling card. I bet it's what he's been known for since he's been a DC and secondary coach in this league. It's that's been the more disappointing. And, and to speak on behalf of majority of Vikings fans, I, I am completely ready to move on and, and, and get a new new coach, new OC. Uh, Clint Kubiak, for love of God, is god awful. Um, just as overrated as Stefanski is. Um, just I'm ready to call a ship. I think keeping. Um, I think keeping the DCs though, I think I'm fine with. Well, Zimmer's gone. I'm assuming year. Adam Zimmer's gone. Adam will think. be gone. Andre Patterson. I Andre think Patterson stick, might stay. Uh, Patterson. So I think he'll stick. Bears situation basically then. 
yeah. And it, but just like the Bears, you may see a massive overhaul. Uh, Spielman's definitely not safe, though. He yeah. should be, but he's definitely not safe. It's like Ryan Pace. I mean, I can say the same thing where there's been some solid decisions that Pace has made and some questionable ones. And, you know, I, I think they're always remembered for the bad ones, right? Yeah. I even think... though, even though, you know, pay, you know, even though Nagy or uh, Pace's decision to take a quarterback just got the wrong one, it's. Well, he got it right. The he dagger. got it right the second time. Most Let's GMs so. don't get the yeah. chance to do that twice. No, he, he uh, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. So, so I think Spielman is still going to be there, but uh, obviously it's Zimmer and it's, yeah. it's Son and a lot of synergies there. All gone. Yeah. One other yep. note on this one too, given where the Viking strength is, I th- think when they hired Zimmer, it made a lot of sense because that was a coach that could bring out there. The defense their was bad before Zimmer too. Yeah, it was you god know, awful. You had. Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith and Sandejo and Dre Waynes and, you know, a, a pass rush before, you know, they with Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin. I mean, the strength of that Vikings team was a defense, and it hasn't been the last couple of years. And part of that's coaching. They did invest a lot in their secondary this year, so not getting anything out of that investment is damning. Yeah, they're very much so. This is a team where their strength is now on the offensive side of the football with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins can be part of that viable solution, but they need to go they need to go offensive here. I go I, so I, much back and forth, but I would love to see Cousins with more of a of an offensive, offensive minded, minded more of a up tempo modern you know, coach. Yeah. Because yeah. because even the offensive line did a lot better than what people expected from it this yeah. year too. I think it's just the wrong fit at this point in time. I think the yep. roster's yep. evolved and it hasn't evolved in a way that fits Zimmer's strengths. Yep. Patriots aren't doing anything. Next. Oh. Saints aren't doing Next. anything. They've overperformed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh the New York Giants. They've already said Judge is going to be back for a third year. Oh, I don't know they God. should be. Freddie Kitchens is the offensive coordinator after they fired Garrett. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens is going to go too. They need to try to do something on the offensive side of the football. Judge, one of those old school coaches, though, so we'll see. That's actually that's where QBX going to end up. Dude, I, I, I don't know how Giants fans say Giants fans. I, I, I know I loyalty either. and all, but my God. They're becoming the laughing stock. Wait, it's not the Jets anymore. It's not the Lions. It's not the Bengals. Right. It's the fucking Giants. Laughing stock franchise. I mean, even even Washington uh, has kind of rid themselves of that. Gettleman's the one that'll be gone. And oh yeah, again, they they said that they said as much going into the season. They needed to see improvements. It hasn't been there. Gettleman's gonna get the axe, and he should. Judge will hang on. Uh, Kitchens will probably get the axe. I think Patrick Graham on the defensive side of the ball probably stays. I mean, the defense is, you know. For what they've got, they've been fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just. The offense has been the trash compactor of that. Just everything. You know what? I'm afraid, though, if one of, if, like, Kitchens gets, like, the benefit of the doubt because of how. Oh, I injure that offense and that. But uh, remember, COVID. they fired Jason Garrett midseason, so kids. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, so. I said I wouldn't be surprised, but it it is fucking giant. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, personnel is where it starts here, though, I think, and that is squarely on Gettleman. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. Jets showed inconsistent, showed what I would consider consistent improvement, including Zach Wilson as the season went on. So Sala, Lafleur, Ulbrich, they're safe. Yeah, they're all yeah they're all tied together. So I mean, and, if, and if, first year, so yeah, they'll, like we gotta we gotta stop like we gotta stop expecting Justin Herbert yeah. year one. We we have to. Yep, because you're not gonna get it. And Wilson's progressed as the season's gone on. I think uh, Miguel Chapin does pretty decent QB breakdowns for all these rookie guys, and has pointed out that it's been you know kind of two steps forward, one step back, but the progress has been steady for Zach Wilson. Um, he's shaping up, you know, game manager style. It's what yeah. I like. This he hasn't thrown a pick since week thirteen, and Which he hasn't had a double digit pick game all the way back since week three. And that's not a bad foundation, you know. You don't nope. want to see somebody settle into game manager, but if you got a guy that was as free slinging as Zach Wilson to slow it down and learn to manage the game, and then can start to fold in some of that big arm, big run, big play talent that he flashed, you're gonna be fine. He's so very. Like people got to understand, he's still extremely raw. I mean, the defense. Yes, he played three straight seasons starter, so he's not raw from that standpoint. But the defenses you face were not much. We're 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 pretty much Division Two level at yeah. this point. They, they, BYU don't don't play tough schedules, mm-hmm. so they did a good job getting him to I think slow down and button some of that up. And now you just try to. You try to fold some of that back in. It's like a yeah. high strikeout, high power major league hitter, right? You maybe he'll go the way of Josh Allen. I mean, maybe he'll. I mean, he's got the talent. He's, he does. He's he's obviously more mobile than he's not the same size in terms of a bulk right. as Allen, but he's quick. If if the confidence comes back, I actually like that they win game manager more mode with them. That I'll, I think he's going to learn. A, I think he learns a lot more from it. Yeah, the fact that like we talked about all off season and all start of the year, he didn't have anybody. He didn't have any back. He didn't have any, you know, buddy to lean on in that QB room. I mean, right. Fuck, Mike Quick was a rookie, you know, three years ago. Right. Bringing Flacco, I think that might have helped too. Honest. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Mid season. Yeah. Yeah. Having no, that veteran. I agree with you there because you started yeah. to see Wilson improve after he got back from that injury that necessitated them bringing in Flacco, and I don't want to attribute that to Flacco, but you finally got a veteran presence that can help the kid. So You're not asking him to throw the ball 40, you know, near 40 times, right? The last right. three games, you know, 23, 22, 13, or uh, 33, so. Yep. It's good. Eagles aren't getting rid of anybody. No, oh, God. Talk about a team that's overperformed expectations. You're going to the fucking playoffs. The Eagles. The Eagles. Very, very easy schedule. Uh, towards the end of the year, but they're still a playoff team. They are. Steelers. Tomlin's obviously safe. Matt Canada would be the one I would question here, but I think Ben's probably just going to catch the brunt of that. I think Matt's gone. I, I think hope, he's, somebody I hope new. he's gone. I think Matt Canada's gone. He's gone. I hope he's gone. Defensive coordinator Keith Butler has been fine. Dope. Uh, defense is so fine. Seattle. Underperformed. <laughs> Oh God! If our new Zimmer is going to be Pete Carroll, like Zimmer will get canceled or you know will get fired, and then Carroll will be the new you know the new Mike Zimmer, the new uh, Lovey Smith, the new Marvin Lewis. These long tenured coaches that have lived off of the coattails of previous success, and that very well could be because Pete Carroll. 
I mean, normally you do the. They may lose Russell Wilson. Yeah, like that's, you may lose Russell Wilson. Yeah, the that offense, may be it for them. The offense underperformed. You failed to protect him. The defense hasn't been rebuilt. Uh, you know, Ken Norton Jr. didn't do anything with the scraps he was given. Shane Waldron wasn't the answer at the OC. They regressed in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I don't know how often you can turn over coordinators and not have the problem be fixed and continue to give the head coach pass. But that's what they've done the last three seasons is turned over the OC and not giving the head coach pass. So I can see the DC saying for two of the last three. Yeah. Norton Jr. will probably Norton say. should probably I mean they're tenth in points against. Like the defense is I think the defense played a lot better than, than what they have. People will give them credit for, especially like you said, with, with the scraps that they have. They're they're they don't have the offense to kinda help make them shine more, but the defense is especially this second half, they've definitely improved. So yeah, I, I, Carol. It would surprise me if he's gone. If he were a lesser-known name without the success that he's had, he would definitely be gone. He needs to be gone. Like, I mean, that may be the call though. If they move Wilson, that's a that's very much a key sign to I mean, uh, Carol. Probably end up retiring from there. Honestly, that's Oldest fucking coach in the that NFL, would also be so. same difference to me at this point. So <laughs> he need, he needs to be gone though. They're gonna ask him to resign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those like old timey wimey guys that's done something a little that's pissed off HR a little too much, so they're gonna ask him to uh to you know resign. to resign. You can resign or face. you can be fired. Yeah. <laughs> and Waldron will go. Yeah. Either way, there's gonna be a fall guy. So True. Niners aren't changing anything. I don't think either side D'Amico Ryans is a he- guy that could be a head coaching candidate in a couple of years. He ain't there yet. Defensive Probably more sustained success, yeah. Yep. Want to keep seeing how the defense progresses. Mike McDaniel's definitely shown some creati- creativity behind Kyle Shanahan. Um, they're staying, though. They're not going anywhere. Tampa yeah. Bay, uh, Leftwich and Bulls both could get head coaching looks. Definitely Leftwich will. He'll definitely get looks. We'll see how much Tampa Bay wants to block it, especially if Brady stays there. So Arians has been grooming Leftwich, so I don't know that they'll pretty much everywhere for a head coaching role. I mean, what if like Arians retires and then Leftwich is kind of well, sixty nine years he'll be you know he's sixty nine. Nice, that could be. I, you know he's had his own health. I think he's had some health scares too. Maybe that's. I mean, maybe that's what they're waiting for. Leftwich is gonna <laughs> gonna get looks. Todd Bulls should get looks. That Bucks defense has been solid. I thought when Bowles was let go from the Jets, they were performing for Adam Gase that they were performing better than what they should have. He deserves another look as head coach. Yeah, I mean, again, three straight losing seasons before he left uh, the Jets here, so it make makes sense why he got he, he got canned. But I agree, he's uh, he's he's found himself in the right in the right way as the DC since then. Yeah, but. I think if you remember those last two losing seasons, they still it's outperformed. All, yeah. Even though they were, were losing seasons, he outperformed the roster. Um, of course. Titans are not losing anything. Two relative no. unknowns. They're trending towards being a one seed. Just yeah. Rabel. Football team. New new team name. New team name. Uh, 2-2-22. 2-2-22. 
I think they're all safe. I think that Del Rio gets a pass because of basically how banged up his pass rush got. The whole team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The offense, they need more offensive weapons. Scott Turner is not getting fired because of that. So they're going to be safe. They'll get one more a year. They'll have to find a way. I mean, I, Heineke's not going to be there. I think Washington's a team that'll likely be the ones out there looking for a veteran, you know, quarterback to kind of help jump in it and be probably. Yeah, that it's a good roster it, it when is. healthy. To there's be honest, pieces, it, it really is. They need more pieces, but there's definitely pieces. It, it's a less sexy Denver. Team. All right. So to recap, um, getting fired. We have our hats on, Matt Nagy. Yep. For sure. Yep. Daryl Bevel, who's yep. an interim role anyway, for mm-hmm. sure. Rich Passaccia, interim role. Mike Zimmer. Um, And I think that was it. Yeah. That's it yep. for for sure getting fired. Uh, Then on the maybe front, we had Matt Rule, Kevin... We'd like this is kind of the maybe slash we'd like to see fired front. We had Matt Rule, <laughs> yes. Kevin Stefanski, Vic Fangio. Um, let's see, that might have been it. Stefanski, Fangio, uh, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, um, and then a bevy of coordinator changes. So, be interested to see how that shakes out. There's obviously going to be some surprises here. Um, you know, I think the ones that we are almost certain are getting fired are almost certainly getting fired. I think it's that middle area where we think guys should be fired, but will probably stay. I think we set ourselves up to be shocked by the fact that one or two of those guys actually do get fired because I think we're assuming that those teams are going to make the wrong decision and retain those guys. And there's always, there might even be a guy from the ones that we think are fine or may, or may get that chance. Ones that we didn't right. really mention in that second tier. It's more of a safe um, that we may end up seeing, you know, get canned. a lot of, you know, yeah. With this being another COVID year, especially with where the COVID outbreak started in the NFL, you know, towards the back act of the season, you might start to see uh you might see a little more even a little more of that line being, you know, given out. You may not you may even see less amount of coaches getting canned. Yep. So we'll start to see dominoes fall. We'll cover them all next week. All right. Uh, so Antonio Brown just released a statement about what happened on the sideline. Oh yeah. He said that Bruce Arians tried to make him play through an ankle injury. That's what's been circulating. And I think the one, um, let's see, ordered him to play on his injured ankle in week 17 against the Jets and told Brown he was done with the team after he refused to go back into the game. So here's the thing. One, I'd like to hear from the trainers. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So if Arians, in fact was trying to force AB a- to go back in and play injured. There's a big problem there. If um, it was you're done, right? Is in you're done for the day, because that's the other thing I'd seen reported, is that you told him he was done for the day, and... I mean, he was hobbling and around. I mean, he was jumping around it. He was jumping around and running zone. off the field, and he didn't look yeah. like his ankle was hurt. Ankle was hurting too bad as he was leaving. But no, he, you know the shit of it is, is that 
I've heard it reported both ways where told him to come back in on his injured ankle. And if not, then he was done with the team. I've heard it. He was done for the day. And then there was a meltdown because of the bonuses that Brown had riding on, on things. And I'm also curious what information might've been there from the trainers, the training staff and the medical professionals. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what comes out from this. Yeah, that to me, yeah, there's, I mean, obviously what had happened, there's so much more info we need from this instead of just now statements. I want to, like you said, I want to hear from some of the, the non, you know, known uh, pieces. I need to make (laughs) statements. Jesus. Here's the fun one. The staff injected me with what I know now, what I now know is a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller that the NFL PAOA PA is warned against using, and I gave it my all for the team. So the staff injected you with Toradol because the staff always injects people with Toradol so they can play. If you've been in the league, I've heard McAfee talk about this. If you have been in the league for any period of time, you cannot feign ignorance over what the hell Toradol is. (laughs) You know what Toradol is. So what I now know is, yeah, you didn't go out and hop in the cab and Google what is Toradol. You know what that shit is. Don't play stupid. It's right. Yikes. The pain, okay. The pain was extreme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You showed that one, huh? <laughs> uh, Baker to have surgery January 19th. Yeah. I, I saw that. Yeah. Good. Get it fixed. Get healthy. Uh, Burrow's sitting out this week, by the way, too. That's why I don't play week 18, folks. I'm going to expect the same from Rodgers and all those guys now. Yeah. Anybody? <laughs> and Bruce Arians apparently went full Undertaker when he said you're done and made a threat slash gesture. Because that <laughs> somehow wasn't on cameras, right? Yeah, right. No, I didn't walk away a... from my brothers. I was thrown out. Um. Having season-ending in surgery to repair what he said is cartilage loss, a torn ligament, and broken bone fragments. Is that Baker? Uh, no, Brown. What, Brown? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. That'll be interesting. We'll have more up. Yeah, we'll... Uh... It sounds like a cleanup procedure, too, so who knows how long that's actually been prominent. True. So we'll see. There could be a legitimate case there. I, I believe that there could be. But given all of Antonio Brown's other antics, kind of hard to take him at his word. Very much. Just saying. Just saying. Beer review. All right, pickle dick. I mean, it's as as advertised, right? It, it, it tastes like pickle brine, drinks like pickle brine. It's a bit tart, but to go as a base. If you like pickles, and if you like pickle juice, and you like sours, pretty pretty sure you'll like pickle beers. No, there's you know obviously different variants throughout from different breweries. But mine's pretty good. 
right. Um, Mocha Berry Bach from Nuclear Brewing Company. It's very berry. Um, it's very sweet, which I would kind of expect a Bach to be. Um, I don't get a lot of the mocha off of it. Like, you tell me mocha, I expect some kind of dark chocolate almost. Um, maybe even a little bordering on coffee notes that would help offset the sweetness on this one. And it's not there. It's, it's almost all like dark berries, like blackberry, raspberry, and it's bordering on tart. But it's almost like drinking berry juice. Um, I'm kind of interested. I've got another bottle of this. It's not bad. It's a little much. Yeah. Um, I got another bottle of this, and I think I'd be interested in letting that one just kind of sit in the back of the fridge for a little bit. And because fruit is one of the first things to fall off a beer. Exactly. And seeing if that (laughs) fruit falls off and this mellows out a bit, because like I said, it is it is dark berry heavy without a lot else. And I just think that it needs a little bit of that mocha to shine through more. Some of those darker roastier, almost bitter notes and some of the malt character, even the more roasty bready malt characters to come through and just temper that fruitedness a little bit. So overall it's good. It's drinkable. It's unique. Um, just room for improvement. This is in that, like if I were putting a numerical rating on it, it's probably like a five, five and a half for me. Okay. All right. Playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, yep. Knew that was coming. All right. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and set the scene for you. As we get into it, we're going to try to make some predictions. So in the AFC, seeding notwithstanding, we're not really going to get into to seeding too much. Just kind of a who's in, who's out, or who we think is going to be in, who we think is going to be out, and then some predictions there. So in the AFC... The Bengals, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Bills, and the Patriots are all in. Uh, the Titans control their own destiny. If for the one seed, they win and they clinch. Otherwise, if they lose, Kansas City and Cincinnati, through a variety of outcomes, both have a shot at that. Uh, they play Houston, so it's probably going to be Tennessee with the first round by. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Bills and the There's Patriots stink. are still trying to figure out who's going to win the division and who's going to be the wild card team. So... They're both in, but still some things to be decided there. That's all for basically seeding, though. Not not by week or anything. So the AFC is the more convoluted one. And in the hunt, you have the Baltimore Ravens, who need a lot of help. So what Baltimore needs to go right is, first and foremost, they need to beat Pittsburgh. That's the first one. Yep. And then they need the Chargers to lose to Vegas, Indy to lose to Jacksonville, and Miami to lose or tie um, the Patriots. Interesting. Okay. So all four of those things happening, first and foremost, are very, very slim. So I'd imagine Baltimore's probably at home. Two spots up for grabs here. I don't think they're going to grab one. We've seen Stranger Things. Uh, you know, Miami losing your tie-in to New England is definitely a possibility. I think where you get into a little bit more of a coin toss here is the Chargers-Vegas game. I think that tilts heavily towards the Chargers. Uh, 
Baltimore Pittsburgh is kind of a twin coin toss at this stage, and the Colts losing to Jacksonville, I think, is the tall order there. Yeah, I don't think anyone expects the Colts to lose to the Colts lose in Jacksonville. Just literally everything feels like it opens up. Obviously, with the doomsday scenario of of the tie game. <laughs> I will the game I, of knees. The game of knees if I that would if that love happens. To see that happen. I don't think they would. I think they you know No, they definitely wouldn't play to win. But yeah. Still. That's uh that's <laughs> just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, well, I guess the solution there though is that if the team that loses is likely out of playoff contention. So if they both tie, they're both in. So the risk there, I guess, is that neither team could lose, talking about Vegas and the Chargers. If you just agree to tie, you're both in. Neither one of you are going home. You're going to see them try in the first three quarters, and then you're going to start to see <laughs> yeah. a little bit. You're going to start to see, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Now we'll let you back in. So do you see any chance the Ravens grab a slot there? I really don't. No, God, no. It's, again... Jacksonville to beat the Colts. That that's what hinges on a lot of these. Yeah, and even if potentials. they somehow do that, then you've got you know two coin toss games and themselves versus Pittsburgh and the Chargers versus the Raiders that have to go their way. So yep, yep. All right, the Colts versus Jacksonville. Um, the Colts are winning in. They have the the easiest scenario that exists. If they beat Jacksonville, they're in. Um. If they lose, then they need the Chargers to lose um, and a combination of things. They would need the Chargers to lose, Baltimore and Pittsburgh to tie, or they would need the Chargers to lose, Baltimore to beat Pittsburgh, and Miami to beat the Patriots. So So, so they're in. (laughs) They should be in if they beat the Jaguars. Like you said, if Jacksonville somehow beats Indy, who has not won in Jacksonville since 2014, if Jacksonville somehow can beat Indy, then everything opens up. Because if yep. that happens and the Chargers beat the Raiders, which is pretty likely, Indy's out. So, you know, yeah, they need to they need to win because otherwise. They basically need the Chargers to lose and then Baltimore to win and Miami to win, and that's bad. Yeah. So they they just need to win. They win and they're in. That's it. Um, I would say Indy's got a pretty good shot at just beating Jacksonville and getting in. So I would kind of I I want them to pretty lose good so bad because of the chaos that's going to create. I mean, we've seen crazier shit happen, right? Yeah, I don't. Think I mean, Jacksonville happens. beat Buffalo earlier this year. They did. I was there. I was at that game. I might money line bet that, you know, put five bucks on, see what happens. On Jacksonville? I would. On Jacksonville I, to win. I have, think they have a little fun. The world wants Jacksonville to win, not because Bulky isn't a clown or anything like that. I think the world wants Jacksonville to win because that is going to create pure chaos if they do. And it creates a little bit of chaos on top of the draft order, too. So. Because if they don't, if Indy wins, they're in. And then your other scenario, if Indy wins, is a pretty simple winner of the Raiders and Chargers is in. 
for the most part, I think is how yeah. that works. So that brings us to the next point. Raiders Chargers, they're in. The Raiders are in if they win or they tie in Indy loses or if both Indy and Pittsburgh lose. So basically, if Vegas can't win, they need Indy and Pittsburgh to lose. If Indy and okay. Pittsburgh both lose, Vegas is in. Again, Indy's the cog that makes this whole damn thing go. The <laughs> they, Chargers they are, are the, the Viagra. The Chargers are the true winner in. If they win or tie, the Chargers are in. They're the other yep. likely one to get in. They need to win or tie. Now, if they lose, though, they're aft. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, there is no there is no scenario that they get in if lost, though. That makes sense. No, there isn't. So they win and in or they lose and they're aft. Vegas can still get in with a loss. The um, Steelers, they're in with a win, an Indy loss, and if Vegas and the Chargers does not end in a tie, <laughs> which makes this even better because if Indy loses and Pittsburgh wins, Vegas and the Chargers have even more incentive to play for a tie. <laughs> How the NFL did not put this Vegas Chargers game at noon is only a time zone anomaly. Honestly. That's funny. The only reason it's not a noon game is it's not a time zone anomaly. Uh, but if Indy loses and Pittsburgh wins... <laughs> I can't wait Vegas for Sunday Night Chargers, Football to be... Neil. Yeah. Neil. 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 Yeah, they have... Neil. Even more of a reason to play to tie. Oh, my God. Which is awesome. Again, I don't think that they would, but... The fact that it's an option is fun. The fact that it's there's an no, option There's no God way that that happens. So, last play. Now, what tie. if they play? The best part is if if it goes in the OT, if they go in the OT. Yeah. And Jacksonville, you know... Is being Indy, and then the game just happens to go into OT. Yeah. But your mic just died again. I know. There I you know. go. So at this point now, we're assuming Indy wins. So your other team is basically a call it between the Raiders and the Chargers. 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 I'm with yeah. you on that. Where the hell is my mask at? All right, so out of the AFC, who's your favorite to uh, to come out out of these teams then? I really like the idea of Tennessee getting the number one seed with Derrick Henry coming back. Mm-hmm. That that then like in itself is intriguing. I don't think having home field advantage is going to mean as much in the AFC as it does in the NFC. I think it still comes down to Kansas City Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the one that comes out. I think this is what's going into, you know, Kansas City's gone three years in a row, effectively, you know, to the AFC Championship game and, and uh, you know, two straight to the Super Bowl. It looked like a lot less of a juggernaut. The defense has been playing out of their mind for Kansas City. Um, That's the one thing, though, is is if the offense gets caught back up, there, there's mm-hmm. no, there's 
I don't even think Green Bay beats Kansas City if the offense catches back up to where the defense is. Yeah, that's I'm, that's the one thing they can do what they did two years ago and just wanna it's just run a train through the AFC conference, even though yeah. they were behind in every game they got. Into. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you on the fact that it's Casey or Buffalo, which weirdly could be a wild card weekend matchup. By the way, um, I think that that will ch- obviously change. I think yeah, there's a possibility that that can happen because if the Patriots win. And yeah, if the Patriots win the division and Kansas City is the see two would play six. Two would Kansas play City seven. City would have to fall. Yeah, two would play seven. Okay, that's probably not a possibility in the first round. I I would yeah, it should be four. It, unless Because you're the, the lowest Bills, division winner is gonna be Sensi. Yeah. So since it would be the four seed, which would put the Patriots at the three seed, if they won, if they win, if they won, they'd be the. Yeah. And the Bills I, I'm not looking at five seed. So I think New England's a dark horse too, mm. just given the experience and the coaching staff. Obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, player wise, they're yeah. they're all so very guess, much new to it. But I guess that could happen because you know, two would play seven, three would play five. Kansas City would somehow have to fall to the three seed. Three would play six. Four would play five. Four would play five. Sorry. There you go. Seeding is no. hard. Kansas City can't, is not going to fall to the four seed. So. No. The Bengals. Anyway, sorry. Fun to play with. Who's your dark horse out of that side uh, of it? Not uh, Patriots. I, I really like the, the experience in the coaching staff, the defense in itself, strong running game. Um, We've seen Bill Belichick carry. We've seen what this Patriots team has looked like. This Patriots team won it all. Brady in the early part of his career, you know, carried by a phenomenal defense. All he's being asked to do is to not lose the game effectively. And Mac Jones has done that beautifully. They are the dark horse. If they would have gotten the number one seed, that would have been that would have been fun. I agree with you. I, w- I would like to say the Bengals are the Chargers, but I think there's too many holes on. There's too many holes there. I think that they're still a year or two off. Um, the Chargers defense, Chargers, just the amount of collapses they've yes. had. And, and that's that's what it is for both of them, is it's the dif- defensive side of it. Burrow isn't going to be able to run rough shot over these teams. He'll compete. But, you know, we've kind of documented it to where he has struggled against some good defenses in the playoffs are definitely going to face those. So I, I'm with They you. remind I, me of the Rams when the Rams made it there yeah. in 2017, right? Obviously, McVay, you know, Zach Taylor from the McVay tree. Zach Taylor is a McVay, but that offense is so much fun. That's it what is. that reminds me of. Yeah, I agree. It is. Um, I'm with you. It's probably the Bills or Kansas City, but Patriots could be right back there. I think they're the dark horse. Can't discount the Chargers or the Bengals. Um, or, or Tennessee, which is, they are the one seed. They'll, the one they'll seed. more than likely be the one seed. Can't call them a dark horse. They keep, keep yeah. Winning, though. But we, we haven't even talked to, like, we're so, we're so sure of Kansas City Buffalo. Well, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee is... did take this, uh, you know, a Chiefs team to the brink a couple years ago. Um, not to the brink, but, yeah. you know, they're, you get, you know, you get Henry back. The defense is where I think is what's going to hurt them the most. And the fact that they don't have another number two receiver, but you know they're the one seed for a reason. So, yeah, they are. 
All right, NFC is a lot less fun. Mm-hmm. Packers, they're locked in by clinch. Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, Eagles, all locked in. Uh, your only two teams that are left in the hunt are the Saints and the 49ers. 49ers, uh, they're winning in, but they play the Rams. Niners lose. <laughs> the Niners lose. The what do the Rams have to play for? Nothing, right? The Saints are They can't get in. the number one seed. They can't get the number one seed, so not really, no. I mean, I guess they could still be. Uh, division is still on the line. Oh, with the Cardinals. That's yeah. right. They still have. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then. So they're, they're, they're still playing for a home playoff wild yes. card game. Yeah. I was going to say Pittsburgh was in that spot last year. Obviously, Cleveland beat them with, with some of the backups in them. We saw what happened there. So, but yeah, that's right. With the division still. So. Up for grabs. It's gonna be Green Bay, though, right? Like I don't like. I've I've always said it since once the NFC figures out who the number one seed is, it's theirs. And with it being in Green Bay, see, I I don't know. If I know it it's is. hard to bet against Tampa Bay, but Mike, it just. I don't know if it is gonna be Green Bay though. And here's the thing, right? Green Bay has a great record. Green Bay's great record is pop propped up by six games against shitty division opponents sorry but i mean no why not wrong it's don't put that name on detroit come on they were great this year yeah it's propped up against (laughs) shitty division opponents for starters where you know the rams the cardinals and the niners make it in are playing in one of the toughest divisions in football um and the bucks and the cowboys are both geared up to be explosive the box i think it's going to come down to a lot of how healthy are they did they get evans back yeah they don't have brown um that offense is definitely taking some hits ronald jones is in a walking boot does fournette make it back uh a lot of how deep the bucks can run is going to depend on if they're healthy and how healthy are they the cowboys um michael gallup hurts a lot less than losing a chris godwin and having a banged up you know, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, and everything. Um, even Antonio, like like even the loss of Antonio Brown, which is experience yeah. in the receiving core. That defense is is taken over. Um, and depending on, you know, how they play the Packers, I mean, that de- we've seen that defense, the Cowboys defense, absolutely take over games just with their turnover differential. They give up yardage. And Rodgers nah, is the Rogers best in the league. Rodgers is... Rodgers ain't throwing picks, though. Not throwing picks, right? So, but he might take some sacks. So the yeah, offense can act, can can hang as well, though, right? And that's what I look at here, and I see where you know we look in in the AFC, and we see some clear offensive advantages and some clear defensive advantages. The NFC, I think, is a lot more bunched together from an offense versus defense perspective, especially when you look at the Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, and Rams. Um. I think it very easily could be either of those four teams. You need Stafford. You really need Stafford to cut the turnovers down. You need McVay needs to find. I mean, I know that's a part of his game. You know, Gunslinger, you know, he is, you know, he was, he was the Patrick Mahomes with all the, you know, with all the flashy throws. He was just bottled in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford is flat out. Good. Lost some games. Yeah. Just with, he's got the most pick sixes. You have 
an opportunistic defense in Dallas. You have an opportunistic defense in Tampa Bay. It's and it's gonna always be in Lambeau, which I know home field, but yeah, the weather, potential snow, wind. I mean that it's not an easy place to win. Coming in. from Lambeau, I think is the biggest difference, and that's where your running games are gonna thrive though too, right? That's another... fucking AJ Dillon. You got Derrick Henry of the North there. Yeah. It well and Aaron Jones. They have a really good one two punch and yeah. The thing is is it to a degree if healthy, the Cowboys can match up with that one-two punch. If they can get Zeke going, if they can get Pollard going, in theory, they can match up with that. The They're Bucks also banged up, too. Yeah, the Bucks, if Fournette is healthy, can match up with that. Um, We've seen Sony Michelle be very good for the Rams, so can they go in there and run the football? Can they play smash-mouth defense? Going through Green Bay is going to be the the other question. Um. We'll get this out of the way, though, yeah. right? The wild card teams, Philadelphia, no. Philadelphia, the Cardinals. No. I mean, if they get hot, Murray's ultra talent. I, yeah. I don't think they will, and this is because I think Cliff's a bit overrated. But, and I think he just he can out he just out coaches himself. They should get Hopkins back for the playoffs at some point. That did that's huge for this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense is still also very good. Yeah, defense has been a lot better than. I think a lot of people realize, and I think that's going to be the difference. And we've seen them be able to feel the one-two punch in the running game with Connor and Edmonds. So, and Connor should be healthy. Should be healthy by then. Healthy-ish so, by by then. Um, I, I, I'm still sticking with Green Bay. Yeah, it, it's just I know it's the easy answer, but I, I, I've said it all answer. year with the NFC, with how good the NFC is at the top. It, it, it's whoever gets whoever gets home field advantage, and I think it's even you know bigger for. You know, for Green Bay and and just with the advantages of playing in Lambeau and yeah, I, having that defense, none of these teams outside of Green Bay has a 248 pound running back. That's that that has been playing very well lately. You may see some smash mouth. You're going to see that it may not be on Rodgers to have to win these games, and and when they need to, outside of Brady, there's no one better. Well, the flip side of that too, though, right? Is that you know. Why team, am I talking good about the Packers? The God team that's it. most geared up to stop the run here is the Bucks. Oh, their their offense has got to be able to score some points, which means they need to be healthy. But I think if they, they are, are, you know, they'll be able to. So the NFC, it's going to be a hell of a playoff season. The NFC, I, I hope so. I really do. There is less of a clear cut in tears there, other than. The Eagles, but you mentioned cold weather, right? So to make the case yeah. for that, the Eagles are the only other team here. I think they win whoever they play against. I, I think yeah. if they get Arizona, if Arizona, you know, beat Seattle, which they probably will, uh, San Francisco beats the Rams, and, and and whoever Philly plays, besides maybe the Rams, but if they can play like Arizona. I think they could. I think they could surprise some people and win a game too. Yeah. Um, they're the only other team in this group that's used to playing cold weather. So I mean, that can't be be discounted either. It, as much as I don't, I don't think the offense has what it takes to keep up. But you mentioned cold weather. I just wanted to make note of that when it comes to the mentality that it takes to do that. They are the other cold weather team. Everybody else either plays in a dome or is in a warm weather location. So yeah, no, it, it's uh yeah or 
both actually. Every other team plays in a dome and is in a warm weather location. <laughs> Except for San Francisco, if they get. All it. right, so so let's get to the uh, let's get to the big four. Who are your championship teams? Or like who are your or your conference uh, championship teams? Who's playing who? So in the AFC, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go. Obviously, with, we don't know how the bracket's gonna, gonna place out, but so we'll break it so, down once seedings line up. We'll come back to it next week and actually do fill out a bracket together. Fill out sure. a beer field bracket. Beer field um, bracket. Kansas City and Buffalo, I think, is the most likely to. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots there. It's so hard to do with a rookie quarterback. Don't think Tennessee yeah. has enough, and there's definitely holes in the other teams. I think that's going to be Kansas City, Buffalo. On the other side of this, I do think the Packers make it to the championship game. I would need to see how things fly out here, but I think that the Cowboys are probably the other team that that I like there, and then the Bucks would be my my kind of in the we'll call it the Patriots category, right? Of you never count out Tom Brady. Um, Cowboys defense is very opportunistic, though, and I look at the Rams, the Eagles, the Cardinals, um, and hell, if the Saints get in, I don't know how that they have a prayer. Um, but those are all teams that can be and have been turnover prone. So, I you know I think that gives them a very clean path, other than. You know, like I said, Tampa, which a lot of it's predicated by how healthy are they for them. So yeah. going Cowboys, Packers, Bills, and uh, Chiefs in my final four. I agree with you on the AFC. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, like, I will also give the nod to the Patriots. Uh, Tennessee loses uh, first game at home um, if they lock up number one seed. Uh, NFC side, though, I I'm going with Rams, Packers. It, the Rams, it all hinges on on Stafford and whether or not he can protect the football. But you know, defense, a lot of these guys are coming off the COVID list. They're you know getting ramped up. They're built for the playoffs with all the high powered you know with all the high uh, top end talent at the top depth charts. Very you know very much playoff experience with this team, McVay as well. It's the offense, even Stafford. Um, and just with how incredibly good that passing game is, uh, I think they find a way. If they if the cards fall right, if the cards fall right with um, uh, Packers Rams, I think would be an absolute awesome NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field with Stafford going back there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it could really be the Packers versus about four other teams there. I'm not quite as sh- sure on the NFC as I am the the AFC where it's two and then maybe a third. I mean, there's about five teams that if you told me the NFC championship game was going to be any combination of those, I wouldn't be too surprised. I think the Packers lock in one side of that though. The Rams, my only concern is, is that turnovers will lose you playoff games. Oh, easy. And, and, and that's why when I started Stafford off with, it's, it's all yeah. hinges on, on Stafford. And like, even if you go to the AFC side, you know, Buffalo has had some very inconsistent, Sure. Their games throughout there. Josh Allen, for as incredible as he is, is you know sometimes between the year decision making, it's cost them. Um, I don't think it will this year. You know, to an extent, I I do I I do have Buffalo as my Super Bowl, as as my AFC Super Bowl re- representative. But 
they uh, could very well, you know, you know, get behind and you, you put a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. He is, he has been known to make some mistakes. Sure. couple matchups I'm most excited to see here uh, or hope that I can see here before we go. I'd love to see the Chargers and the Bengals in a playoff game. Um, that's the future, basically. In the AFC, a Herbert Burrow duel. Um, I would well, like- I mean, still got Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> the AFC is bright, man. And the future is bright. bright. But I've it's seen very Mah- bright. But I've seen Mahomes Allen, and those are the two that are going to be linked to each other. I want to see Burrow Herbert in one. I want to see Mahomes Herbert again. That I mean, be- I know we get it twice a year, yeah, twice but a man. Year. Yeah. I can't get enough of it. Playoff-wise, it's Chargers, Bengals that I want to see. Uh, Bills and Colts, not Bills and Colts, sorry, Titans and Colts. We get to see them twice a year, too. But on the same token, I would love to see if Jonathan Taylor, who's going to outrun each other out of Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry in that matchup. Oh, my God. The battle of established the run. Yeah. And <laughs> who can be more effective with it? That would be, I mean, Pete Carroll's going to be sitting at home whacking it to that one. I got one for you, man. Philly, Dallas. I man, see it twice a year. I know, but man, just the the playoffs, the the shit. There's so many. There's so. I have a lot of Dallas fans and uh, Philly fans on the you know on the timeline. Just hurts. I want to see hurts. It, you and I have huge hurt stands yeah. from a fantasy and, and from an NFL uh, perspective. And hurts, you know, with all the flaws that he has, still it's been you know tremendously good. I want to see him get a playoff win here, though. The, the, give me Hertz. Oh. And, give me Hertz and Kyler. Yeah, battle of the future in the NFC. Yeah, give me give me Hertz and Kyler there. Uh, give me Stafford and Brady for old times' sakes. Give me Hertz or Kyler versus Dak. Give me Rogers Brady one more time. Yeah, we're not getting much of those. I mean, I mean yeah. the NFC is kind of they're getting old, right? They are Hertz Kyler. And Dak, the, you know, you have three old, you know, three old timers, kind of. I know Stafford's not old, but you got you. Well, he's in his thirties, so I mean, yeah, you've got an infusion coming in there too. You hope any well, Fields really is your infusion there. That's gonna say, yeah. And, I mean, but, you may get someone out of twenty-two, and we'll get more than that in the off season. But yeah, it, it's uh, Tennessee is kind of aging itself out there. I mean. Lance, we'll see what Lance is, you know, in San Francisco. But uh, it's it needs a little injection with how with how good the AFC has produced these young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're gonna see, and that's just it, right? The Sands Mayfield, <laughs> yeah, produced a good a lot of good young quarterbacks, and you're gonna see the NFC start to turn over into that with Matt Ryan headed out. Um, you know, you figure that. New Orleans Rogers, Brady in line too. for one. Rogers Brady nearing the end of of their careers. Carolina's gonna be in store to draft somebody. Uh Vikings will eventually move on from Cousins. Detroit's gonna be in line to draft somebody at some point. So I mean, there yeah. there's I mean, you've got Dak and, and Hertz. The Washington football team's gonna have to to grab someone at some point. The Giants, Daniel Jones, I guess, is a young infusion of something, but yeah, the <laughs> NFC is going to be turning it over here in a couple of years when the AFC starts to cross. Into it's going to hit them hard, man. I think that's, I, I think we'll get one one nice ride out. The NFC's got to pray that Rodgers doesn't leave Green Bay then. Yeah. AFC They're, wins the Super Bowl, right? 
whoever comes out of that side of it. I actually really like Green Bay. The I like the final ride scenario. Yeah. I like I don't want it's I don't like it pains Green Bay me. every year and history tells me that Green Bay doesn't get it done. So Green Bay will lose in traumatic fashion. They're gonna lose to, in the NFC title game. To the Cowboys, man. Yeah. Dream Super Bowl. Before we leave, give me a dream Super Bowl matchup you want to see. A dream one or what I think it's gonna be? Fine, one of each. We'll do one of each. We'll start with the one you think will happen and then let's get to the dream scenario. That's a fun one. So I see the Packers choking in the NFC Championship game. I said that was probably <laughs> going to be against the Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys and Chiefs is probably what we're going to see. Oh, that'd be... Uh, it, just getting Dallas back into the Super Bowl would be huge for huge for football in general. What do I want to see? Your dream scenario. Um, Rams-Chiefs. New rematch from a couple years ago. One of the highest scoring games. But with Stafford. I want to see Stafford and Mahomes thing against each other because every NFL player, every podcast I've heard, every interview I've heard when they asked who the closest person in the NFL is to Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford is the name that gets thrown out there. I mean, he is. I mean, he was the guy doing no-look passes. He was threading it between six defenders at times. To see Stafford and Mahomes. Um... Honorable mention, Cowboys-Bengals, if that somehow were to come to fruition because of the firepower on those offenses. Yeah. I don't see that one being a possibility, though. No. Uh, Thought-wise, Green Bay-Buffalo. And then, obviously, Green Bay wins a dream scenario, though. Tampa Bay-New England. I I gotta. (laughs) Just give me Brady versus Belichick. Rematch of this year. But in the Super Bowl. I would love to see that. Uh, another one I'd like to see, Hurts, Mac Jones, revenge game. Oh, and the battle of the disrespected uh, quarterbacks in their classes. The battle of uh, took over at Alabama. Well, Tua was in the middle, but took over at Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Brady Belichick, battle of Alabama, yeah. Brady Belichick would be incredible. That would... Did break records. I mean, it'd be huge, and it, it, I think it'd be outside of seeing you know Dallas in the Super Bowl. I think getting Brady back there against his old team, it'd just be fucking chaos. Oof. That would be. It would. Be That's chaos. my ultimate. I want. I want that. I want. I. I want to will that. I want. I want a Brady I do versus want Belichick that to happen. Brady Belichick in the Super Bowl. Remember when Brady left, the question was, well, who was doing it? Who was responsible for it? They both get back. Well, Brady's to Super got Bowl. that win right now. The answer is pretty <laughs> easily both. So took it took the Patriots one year to get back to get the, the back in the spot. And who knows what would have happened if Cam never got COVID the year before? Because they were also I think playing pretty good before he got put down the rest by COVID. And that's our show. Yeah. Boy, am I excited to see how that graph breaks down. So next week, we'll recap all the Black Friday, Black Friday, Black Monday firings. We'll uh, fill out a playoff bracket, and we'll uh, hit some feelies, hand out some some superlatives and some awards there. So see you next week. Peace.